Hey, welcome back. You're listening to Hemp Radio, and I am here with my buds at the HIA conference in Los Angeles, and I'm here with my new bud. Are we friends? We are. We are friends. Dan Herrer. Is that right? Herrer like terror. Herrer like terror. And uh, we were talking about hemp, your father's... You know, his love for hemp, his education, and you're carrying on that. What are you doing with hemp? Well, getting back to, you know, I, I started the Jack Hauer Foundation in hopes that um, I could, in a sense, continue the work that he did on the road, going to communities and, and helping to influence um, and and hopefully create the ability for, for those who are... Uh, less understanding, tolerant, or uh, educated about hemp uh, to realize that it's not the evil that uh, the government has portrayed. And then, in in fact, it's quite the opposite. And with that, I I was hoping to create a mobile uh, education center that I could take into... Oh, my God, that's so perfect. You could take into... Uh, rural areas yes. that that are not hemp centric or cannabis centric, that would generally push back with all of their might against what it is that my father stood for or what is happening uh, nationally or globally. Let's raise money and for a hemp mobile. Well, it, it's it's a little bit more in depth than that, right. um, but uh, it's so something. You want to go into the rural areas and look what I found, Patty. Right, because. She's, she you wants know, to be live. Let's give her a shout out, Caitlin. Hello, Kate. Caitlin from Three Hem Company. Yes, she I'm knows. Sorry. She knows you, Patty. Oh, okay. And she knows Dan. Go ahead. Go ahead. We're getting company. We love it. Oh, uh, go ahead, Dan. So uh, you know, I, I, my vision was that if you can go into uh, the areas that are. Um, not not necessarily receptive to this, and give them a new understanding. Um, not because I'm preaching to them, but because I can I can show them what's happening in industrial hemp and the the, the, the possibilities uh, that are, are are able to be achieved with the technologies that that weren't available or even known 30 years ago when my father thought that hemp could save the world. But what he had was a belief that. All of the things that he envisioned from understanding what the plant was made of, that it could replace all of these other products that are currently uh, being manufactured uh, throughout the industrial, you know, nations of the world that are poisoning our planet, our ground, our air, or, you know, our soil, and and that if we were able to use hemp to its full utility, that we could literally change not just how we live on this planet, not just how we will survive on this planet but how we will thrive uh, into the future by utilizing this plant. And when he first said this to me and said that hemp was going to save the world, uh, you know, it was a crazy thing. But, but now, now, now you have 30 years later, and all You're of the saying, things that oh he God, prophesied, he was um, uh, it was a really lucky guess. No, he knew. <laughs> he knew. He knew. He knew in his heart. That there was the possibilities, and and since then, the people that he's helped to influence, who have then used their own energy and their own education and their own technology and access to that technology, and if they didn't have that that access to 
to that technology. They developed it, and now those technologies are leading the way into the future with the development of multiple different types of hemp products. But just think of all these people in all these countries and all these states that are farmlands that they could be doing this hemp hemp for. I mean, it, it's incredible. It's and, absolutely and, incredible. And hence the reason why he right. believed that hemp could save the it, world. But he's right. He's and so, and he was right. Sometimes you just intuitively know things, just like you intuitively know what we all know. We intuitively know yeah. hemp is, it will save the world. Yeah. So make it legal. Yeah. Well, and, you know, a lot of people talk about legal this or legal that, whether it's cannabis or whether it's hemp, you know. The whole plant. It's, it's very difficult to, to, to use the word legal when there's still so much control over something that doesn't need to be controlled to the degree. Um, the control right. that they're using now is all based on the lies and disinformation right. exactly. to create, the, to, to create the, the infrastructure and the foundation for the rules that govern us now right. are all based on the lies that, that, that were creating the fear that helped to control the population and the understanding of what right. the plant was for 80 years. Right. But now we've disproven all of that, but they're still using those same lies in order to create the governance that that Which that is... Which is which is is you know controlling how we're able to access, it's how we're able to use, how we're able to grow, how it, we're able right. to develop new industries and and new understandings, exactly. and and it's it's almost like uh, the, the the powers of the world are purposely slowing us down. Money, because, power, and greed. Well, the, un, understand that cannabis and hemp is the most disruptive technologies ever known to mankind because it completely displaces all of the industrial uh, manufa man manufacturing that is happening on a global scale. And if any of these companies were to retool their businesses in order to accept or develop hemp as part of their development, um, it would cost them tens of millions, hundreds of millions, even into the billions of dollars on a global scale in order to convert to this natural cycled plant. Right. And exactly. so as long as they're able to continue to build these products, make these products, develop these products using technology that's already outdated and poisonous to this planet, they're going to continue to do that until they're literally forced to change. So what are we doing then? Mexico. Education. Right. It's education. all about education. It's education and awareness. You, awareness. You can beat awareness. down the door all you want. Right. But until until it, the electorate right. is educated, it's until educated. the representatives are educated, until the governments are educated, well, and do we you really think that I mean that's a, that's a process we don't even have time for. So what if what if we you, educate the people then to then I know what's well, going to do. Well, that's the it. electorate. If you can if you can go to the people, and like I said, if you go to the rural areas and educate those yes. folks, and those yes. folks elect representatives that that represent them whether it's at the city or state or the federal levels if if their representatives understand what their beliefs are in their communities then they take those beliefs and they and they work on the development of how they can make that a reality in those areas so if you can if you can educate the electorate the, the people that actually vote the people that put the people in power that represent them then when they get to a place of power when they get to a place where they can use their understanding of this plan they can help to make better laws, smarter laws, laws that are based on fact and not fiction, not laws that are based on, on what we can do in the future instead of the failures and, and misrepresentations of the past. Um, you would think that 
Bye, Brenda. Nice seeing you. Bye, guys. Bye, Brenda. I love you. It, it would be when we continue, politicians continue to talk about economics and environment. And we, so we have the, they have the answer. Trump has the answer. Well, they they, they may know. have heard the answer, but they don't they don't, the they, don't they don't recognize the answer because the recognition of the answer is the problem for every business. If if you're talking about if, if if Trump were aware of the actual answer, why would he be deregulating all the industries that continue to poison the planet in order to profit? He has no understanding of the natural cycle, nor does he really want to embrace it unless it will get him votes in the next election. Right. And I won't fall for that. It's all about, it's politics, and that's what's so bad. That is just, well, the it, thing is, the is it's not there. futile. There's power in numbers, which is what education is all about. It is. And, and I think we should just push harder. And, push and, harder because and, we are actually, we have the ability to grow to develop, take the plants that have been closed and, and start production. I agree. And instead of importing a half a billion dollars a year or more in product, we could be doing it here. Yep. There's absolutely no reason there are farmers being paid not to grow. There's farmland that isn't being grown on. So it's like the people going, and I don't know what, the, because the people would love to say something and they don't know how to say it, which is great. Well, because HIA. they don't have the information to back up what they want exactly. to feel. Exactly. We have HIA and we have Bone Hip and, and we leave it. I, I actually look with Hempington Post. I look to you guys like, what can we tell people to sign? What okay, can we do? So, so here's the thing. Right now, Go, we're, Darlene. Sti we're, still, we have <laughs> we're still busy trying to educate those within the space. Exactly. Within, within we're, we're, our... You know, so we have this little nucleus that we're still, you know, it's like, it's like it's the, the hemp choir yeah. sings the songs. Yeah. But they don't know the lyrics yet. Exactly. They don't know where the songs come from. You know, so... Yep, but but for the most part, most people in this industry, most people in the cannabis industry, most people in the hemp industry, still don't understand. They don't understand the history, and without having that understanding of history, you don't have the you don't have the understanding of how transformative this plant can really be on on not just an economic level, not just a social level, but on a global level that changes how we live and exist. And, and that's a much bigger picture than, than putting a community to work. But what what's important is getting the communities to start working so they can start understanding, so they can start realizing that the, the things that can power their lives are the same things that they've been putting so much energy fighting against. And breaking down that wall is going to take a long time. Oh, yeah. It, it's, it's most likely going to take much longer than okay, I have left wait a on minute. this earth. You know what? This that, is, that's, that's just me being... Hold on. Is, is, wait a minute. Hold on. There. Here's my prediction. I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you, we're moving fast, yeah. but the, but the problem is right now within the hemp and the cannabis space, we're moving so fast, but we're being distracted by the dollars. Yes. We're not, we're yes. not, we're not being driven by the possibilities. Yes. We're being driven by You're bank right. accounts and ones and zeros. That's it. And the reason why we're going to fail unless we actually start educating ourselves is because we're going to lose track of what the importance is of this plant. And it's not about how much money you make. It's about what you can do with this plant that changes people's lives. Right. And money money is a great tool, but it, if you only use money as, as, as the point of where you want to go, then cannabis will just be a failure and so and so will hemp. Right. And 
hemp, though, in hemp economics, it's not just money, it's industry. And industry creates jobs, which creates economics, which is healthy for everybody. And, and I right? understand all of that. Not just CBD. Though. No. All, all CBD is a small a fraction. Small just fraction. just like yeah. uh, recreational cannabis and medicinal cannabis, these, uh, these affect large sectors of the population, but still at, at smaller numbers than using hemp to its full utility. You're not going to you're not going to build a car out of the the cannabis plant. You're going to build cars out of the hemp plant. You're you're going to start using cannabis or hemp for all things plastic yep. or as much as you can. So if you if you think if you think about everything that we use right now, the housings for your computers, our phones, you know, parts of automobiles, all of these things can be made from the plastic the, the making making, you know, plastic viable products from hemp. But that's just a that's just one product. But then if you start multiplying all of the other things from from creating uh, new chemicals that create new plastics and and new uh, you know paints and varnishes and glues, sealants, uh, paper, clothing, all of the technologies that that are magnified by the understanding of the technologies and the possibilities, you, you have the ability to to change the echo environment of of our existence. Right, and there's some huge powers to be that does not want that to change, and they are fighting very, and they are fighting big time. Money, power, and greed. That's so what it's about. Change. Yeah. So like keep the people in the new. And 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 like, that's that's the problem. The only thing that's going to change is if that we educate enough people on the opposite side of the power spectrum that they will have no choice other than to accept this plant to its full utility. It's going to take a lot more than the HIA. It's going to take a oh, lot yeah. more yeah. than than yeah. you know than the World Health Organization. It's going to take a lot more than it becoming legal uh, across the U.S. It's going to take a lot more than it being utilized to create wealth in other countries around the world. If you're only using it as a commodity and you're only focusing on what the dollars that come in are, you're losing right, the point. Of course. And and if some if, if we can't educate to the point where we can actually create this new understanding of, of an eco environmentally friendly future, it doesn't matter what we do at the hemp level. We will always just get to a certain point, and it will always be controlled from there. And we have to get past that, and the only way to do that is through education. Yep. Whole plant and wellness Amen. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's hard, though. It's really hard, you know. I mean, it's it's too slow for me. I mean, I'm an East Coaster. I won everything yesterday. (laughs) And it makes me mad that, you know, we're not educating people properly. There's not enough of us... Are educating. I have a teaching background, and I know how important it is. It's all about education. So, and we have to go in and educate the I police. Mean, we have to the schools. The you know it, everything. And, and it's it is a slow process, but it's a necessary process. Yes. My father, when he wrote the book, The Emperor Wears No Clothes, he said, "This is the truth. These are the facts. This is all the documentation that supports everything that says in this book." He was like, "As soon as people read this." Cannabis laws will fall. We freedom will exist, yes. right. and you know here we are. You know, thirty years later, same boat. And you know well, we're progressing. Really. Yeah, 
but in, in some areas, when it comes to the understanding of this plant and the way that it's regulated and controlled, we're not progressing all that much. No, it's snail space. The, 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 the progression that we're experiencing is only because there's an economic viable engine there that those who are greedy want to access. Yeah. Because the, the poor farmers who were persecuted and, and, and incarcerated for growing this plant for the last 80 years have paid the price when they are really the heroes of, of what this is. Is you know some people think that my father uh, was was the, the the legacy you know the the founder of, of hemp and cannabis within the space that we know today, but the re- the real legacy and the real the real heroes of this are those who risked their lives right. over decades and decades yes. of growing hemp and cannabis in yeah. the mountains of California and around the world, who have, who have risked everything, their freedom, their family's freedom, their property. You know, my, my father um, risked his freedom, but, he, you know, he was incarcerated uh, for his for his voice, not because he was a grower. Oh, uh, right. So, yeah. so, I mean, my, my they, they wanted my father... You know, off of the talking circuit, as to oh yeah, they had to stop shut him. him up. So, so <laughs> I mean, and there was no way to do that. In in 1980, we spent 108 days on the uh, the lawn of the Westwood Federal Building in Westwood, California, right off the 405 Freeway and Wilshire Boulevard. And the only way that they could get my father off was to charge him with an archaic law um, that that said that you couldn't be on federal property after dark during times of war but in 1980 we weren't we, at war with right. anybody so Didn't when like so, the president walk up or something and well, he's like what are they doing out here they must be like here for me or something he's like no they're protesting you well well get a law to get them out of here <laughs> the, the the way it happened was that ronald reagan was elected uh president in 1980 or 79 for 1980 he was uh he was inaugurated in 1980, and on his way to, for his pre-inaugural haircut, he stopped by the Westwood Federal Building. At the same time, we were on the lawn protesting, and he asked security and management at the Federal Building, um, why are the Canadians so upset with us? And he had mistaken the cannabis leaf on the posters and, uh, as the maple leaf. Right, right, right. There and and uh, they said, no, sir, uh, those aren't Canadians. Those are, those are marijuana protesters. And he said, well, can't we... Can't we do anything about that? And he said, well, we took them to court, but they won. They're allowed to be here. And he was heard to have said that, uh, well, I'm going to be president in a couple of weeks. Uh, let, let me see what I can do. It was shortly after that that uh, the Los Angeles Police Department uh, paid a visit to my father and arrested him for registering voters uh, after dark on federal property. Oh, my And the, God. the officer, my father being a soldier, um, when, when the officer came up to him and was uh, arresting my father for this violation of the Sedition Act, uh, my father said, why am, why am I... Why am I being arrested? You know, I'm registering voters. It's my, it's my, my right, my duty to this country. Um, and he said, "Well, you're you're being arrested for the Sedition Act." And my father says, "But we're not at war." And the officer poked my father in the chest and said, "We're at war with you." <sighs> and and my father was arrested. He spent a couple of years uh, fighting the um, the charges. He was. 
offered a $5 fine to drop the charges and to go on and accept uh, a, a guilty plea. And my father being uh, uh, a very integral person and understanding his rights as a citizen and the bullshit that was happening, um, refused to pay the $5 fine and uh, was subsequently uh, sentenced to 30 days in federal penitentiary for registering voters to vote. So had my father ever grown during his lifetime, oh, he'd be, uh, he, yeah. he would absolutely have been made uh, an example of, yes. and he most likely would have spent uh, a great deal of his life, if not the rest of his sure. life, in prison. Sure. So he felt that he uh, would have been, he would be more valuable uh, as a voice yes. rather than as a as a target of, wow. of the drug war. Nice. And uh, he he then. Uh, started going around the country and started going to events and started uh, going to each state uh, as as a proponent of their cannabis laws and helped people in those states to find their voice because my father couldn't be every place all at once. Uh, so he helped people to find their voice and to find their strength and help them lift their own communities up in order to demand the changes in these laws. And over the years, state by state by state, uh, these laws have fallen. They haven't fallen in the greatest way with regards to how the laws have been implemented, but uh, that fight goes on. Yeah, wow. and, and more on wow. uh, the emperor wears no clothes. You will watch that. And so how, away. I mean, can people get a hold of you, or, uh, uh, or how do they get in more information? about your dad, the legacy, or, you know, whatever. Well, uh, he's easy enough to find information online. Uh, you know, you can Google Jack. Um, you can also uh, reach out through the Jack Herrer Foundation, uh, the phone and number. And you accept donations. Herrer uh, like terror. Remember that. Herrer <laughs> like terror. And um, our, our phone number at the foundation is one eight five five jack 420 Oh, that's nice. so perfect. I hey, I love you. Thank you so much. What great information. You have to come back to Hemp Radio because I need more. More of, I mean, you're doing great stuff. And, I mean, we're so excited that you are, you know, you're you're carrying on the legend. You're, 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 keep, you're in the hemp business. And that's important. So, we love you. Thank you for what you're doing. Yeah, and it's you know been my what? Great pleasure. Thanks for yeah, inviting we'll, me. Yeah, we'll be following you. Right. We'll be promoting what you're doing. Believe Thank you. Me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that that, that, that road goes both ways. Yes, Thank you. Yes, it, it's. I, I, I'm right there with you guys. When I, I heard the whole thing, I'm like, I'm so on board. I'm just and mind blowing. On that note, it's time to blow this joint. Yeah.